What does the Bible say about health and fitness and obesity? What's your opinion on homeschooling? My nine-year-old hears a lot of inappropriate things about sex in school. How do I deal with this? Can Christians lose their salvation? Because a lot of times we want him to be savior. Who doesn't want a savior? <laughs> right. But we don't want him to be Lord. We want to be saved from our sins, but we don't want him to be in charge of our life. If Jesus is Lord and Savior, it means I have repented yeah. and I've been forgiven and I am now following him instead of following myself. He is God. I am no longer God to myself. I am subject to his Lordship. <laughs> What is up? Welcome to the Uncomplicated Podcast. All of the questions, correct, Fernando, that we've already done. So, we've uh, gone through a lot of them. Yeah, I'm going to get this out of the way in case we do a double. (laughs) Here's the thing if you have questions about faith (laughs) or the Bible or life, if you're new to the podcast, uh, it looks like we got quite a catalog building up. So, go, what do you go to, like the playlist section of the YouTube or something like that? Yep. Yep, and then they would have just every question broken down because we sometimes answer a lot of questions in one episode. episode. So that way, you you know, if you have questions, maybe like, uh, is God mad at me? Yeah, that would be. I don't know if that's a whole episode or if that was just a single question. Yeah, I think that was just a single question, but they could find that segment on a playlist. Yeah, if you had a question, you know, like about Maria's eyelashes. Uh, that was one that was answered. You have to there. point them out when they're not on point. Like I'm getting them. I was admiring tomorrow. them right now. Jeez. They look great. <laughs> Thank you for your integrity. Thank Thanks. you for your integrity. Thanks. Okay, yes. let's jump right into this <laughs> stack of questions. Uh, take it away, babe. All right, number one. We haven't read through these, so here we go. Can Christians lose their salvation? Okay, That's I'm going to think question. about that for a second. Now, before we jump into that, the reason why I, I preface it with we haven't read through these uh-huh. is because... We have gotten comments. We have received comments like, I wish you would have spent more time on this, or I wish you would have used more research, or I wish you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have made the mistake of maybe going too fast through a question. Yeah. I realize that some of you, it takes courage to submit these questions. Yeah, that's good. And these are really personal things that are going on in your life. And, and if I go too fast through a question, or Maria does, and we go, okay, on to the next one, it may feel dismissive. Yeah. Uh, it may feel that's like. That's not the heart. You know, like we didn't handle it with the weight, you know, the appropriate amount of weight. Um, and so the reason why I like to point out that we didn't study it or, or research or go through it uh, on times like today is because, um, y- y- you know, that's that's probably why we're moving on to the next one. Yeah. Because we didn't, unlike, you know, if I was going to talk on a Sunday or talk at like, uh, give a TED talk or something, you would prepare all right. this research so that you could kind of present your answer. Right. But a day like today is let's get through as many questions as we can. Forgive us if you feel blown off by. Ask it again. If you feel blown off, yeah. you want more, say like, I asked this question, need more. Let And, and we'll try to get to that. Yeah. So. And so th- that, yeah, hopefully that, that uh, helps you know our heart. Yes. Okay. What was the question again? Can Christians lose their salvation? Okay. So what's salvation? What's a Christian? And why would somebody ask a question like this? You know, is the moment I read it, I remember a conversation that you and I had when we first met. So we're talking almost 20 years ago. Do you remember this? Uh, and we had you. you we was were, I a Christian? Uh, oh, barely. I just started following yeah, Jesus. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> like probably weeks in. Weeks in. You were there at my 21st birthday when I announced to everybody I was following Jesus. Yes, I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we had this conversation. Um, what did I say? Um, what did you say? We, 
I can't remember it verbatim, but the gist of it was that you go, well, once saved, always saved. Uh And I said, well, talk to me more about that. I probably didn't say that phrase, but I'll say it now. You know, why, why do you think that? And you're like, cause it's secure, it's done. And I was like, so you're telling me you can pray a prayer, raise your hand, have a moment and Mm. then not follow Jesus the rest of your life. Do things that are literally against the cross Mm. and you feel like because you prayed a prayer and had a, a sincere moment, but your life, you you turned the other way after that decision that mm. you would still have a relationship with Jesus and one day end up with him in eternity. Interesting. I wonder I wonder why I would have a bias at that age. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Maybe because I knew I was doing a bunch of terrible things yeah. and uh, just living rebellious. Well, and I, I remember also you going like, oh, well. Huh, that's something to marinate on to think about a little bit more because maybe I don't know how you grew up in church, but it was like that prayer at the end of service that people prayed when people came to Christ was fire insurance. Mm. It was like, hey, if you do this, this is your escape one day out of this hellhole called earth and you will you're you're secure, Mm. you know. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if that was the kind of message that you heard growing up, but um, I had a hard time thinking people could pray a prayer and then live in the face of what Jesus did on the cross and still call themselves a follower of Jesus and have a relationship. This with question them. might go longer than the rapid fire. <laughs> I know we were planning <laughs> on rapid fire, but this is a great question. Because who would ask a question like this? Um, probably someone that is contemplating their life and their choices mm-hmm. and their decisions. Maybe they feel trapped in some struggle that they're going through. Maybe. Like, man, why am I still gambling? Sure. You know, why am I still uh, addicted or still, mm-hmm. you know, I just can't stop this thing that I'm doing. And, you know, do I even really love God? And mm. just, you know, am I even saved? And, um, yeah, I think some kind of, the kind of person that would ask this may be somebody who is genuinely struggling or maybe somebody who's just looking on the other side, just looking for an sure. excuse to continue. So in what they're doing. So, well, let's think about what Jesus said. So in yeah. John chapter three, um, uh, Nicodemus uh, tries to get a hold of Jesus at night. And I so love this that is, story. This is like the only story I know where like there's a private meeting with Jesus and somebody one on one. Okay, well, for backup, because there might be people that are watching that don't know who Nicodemus is. Mm-hmm. You probably know who Jesus is. But uh, why don't you explain a little bit Nicodemus who Nicodemus is, is and why this this meeting, this secret meeting in the Bible is so significant. Okay, so the religious leaders at the time mm-hmm. were not on board with Jesus. Okay, they, they thought, were called. They thought he was blasphemous because he was, you know, being the Messiah. And right. so they're like, what the heck? You can't do these things. So uh, make a long story short, he's a, he's he's one of the top guys. Jesus top calls, 70. Jesus calls him Israel's teacher, yep. right? That's what he calls him because he's like the, the, the he's one of the smartest guys. And he basically says to him in John chapter three, he goes, we see the miracles you do. We can't deny that you're from God. Mm-hmm. The evidence is there. But help me, you know, understand this. You know, what... What would somebody have to do, you know? And, and Jesus said, you have to be born again. Mm-hmm. And then he goes like, well, how can somebody enter their mother's womb again? That's that's right. crazy, you know? And Jesus is like, you got to be born of, of water and of spirit. 
you know, like you can't, it can't, uh, or a flesh or a spirit. You can't just be, it can't just be, uh, you, you have, it's a, it's a miracle Yeah. to be saved is a miracle. And, uh, he says, it's like the wind, you know, you can see the effects of the wind, but you can't see the wind. He goes, that's what, that's what being born again is. So all that to say is that, um, and then the famous line comes John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him wouldn't perish, but have eternal life. Right. right. So the whole, the whole story is there's a guy there who wants to know what salvation is. And Jesus describes it both as an event and as a relationship yeah. or as a process. Right. So, um, man, I could go so many different directions with this right now. What's the best <laughs> way to go with this salvation? Uh, 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 definitely the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. And th- that's, that's what, what Jesus says. Say. He gets to be born again, to start over. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I w- a couple years ago I was, we were, somebody came up to talk to me after one of our services. If you don't know this, we're, we pastor a church together. And, um, and they said, I've been coming for a number of months now. And I just, how do I know? How can I be sure? How can I be sure that, um, that, you know, Jesus is real and that they're, you know, and, uh, I basically said, you know, once you've met someone, yeah, I said, we've met today. Said, yeah. I said, could we ever unmeet again after this? And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's what our faith is. Mm-hmm. Once you've met Jesus, you can never unmeet him it's good. again. Mm-hmm. So you can't deny that we've met, that we've talked at this point. You can't deny that we know each other now. And I think that's the closest metaphor illustration <laughs> I could come to knowing Christ yeah. is once you know him, once you've met him, you could never undo that. Mm-hmm. Another way of saying it is once you've been born again, you can never be unborn. And um, I've gone on to study all the different sides of this because, you know, there's people on both sides of this. Sure. Smarter than me. But I'm in my fifth year of Bible college right now, finishing my master's up. And we actually had this discussion and I threw that out to our professor who's a, you know, an actual renowned scholar. And I was like, would it be okay to say once you've been born, you can never be unborn again. And he's like, I like that. That's a great way of saying it. And so if you're watching this and you're like, Hey, am I truly saved? Uh, I think the answer is if you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus, and you can't, you know, you can't undo, you can't be unborn and you can't undo the cross. Yeah. God's never going to take good. the cross back from you. If he died for you, he's never going to undie for you, you know, and, and he wants you to be saved. It's not like God doesn't want you to be saved. Right. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be forgiven. He wants you to move forward with your life. He wants you to have the power and forgiveness that you need to make those really tough choices if you're in a struggle right now. So I would say God's on your side and you, and, and that's, that's the most important thing to remember his heart. Um, the other side of it is why would we continue to do the things that we're doing right even though we even though we know that it's our sin that put Jesus on the cross right what do i mean by that our sin that put Jesus on the cross what do i mean by that i don't know what do you mean by that i mean that <laughs> Jesus had to die for the wrong things that i've done right right mm-hmm. so the wrong things that i've done he willingly died for mm-hmm. so if i had never done anything wrong i wouldn't need the cross sure right so mm-hmm. I realize that my sin comes at a cost, at a penalty. Instead of me dying for that, Jesus he did, did that. Right? So mm-hmm. my sins put him on the cross. That's what I mean by that. Now, um, it says in, in 1 John, which I've been reading a lot this week, that if you, you know, if you, all of us are sinners, yet if you continue to sin, the love of God isn't in you. You know? So sometimes the question isn't, can I be unsaved? The question is, was I ever really 
saved? Right. Did I ever really, you know. And I think that's where our conversation 20 years ago-ish went. Yeah. Was like, well, when you are become a brand new person, you are reborn. Yeah. Yeah. There is a different spirit in you, (laughs) the spirit of Christ. Like everything is new and renewed. And there's just, I don't know, anytime I I meet someone or I'm in someone's life that just follows Jesus, there is such a joy and excitement and it is just, I don't know how to describe it. And so... It, just what you said. When you're you when, know, before is, you're before you give your life to Jesus and you do something wrong, you feel bad about doing something wrong. But when you're a Christian, you don't feel bad. You feel like it, it's personal. Like man, yeah. all Jesus has done for me. I love him so much. I don't yeah, want to do that. Right. And so it's personal. Sin it becomes personal once Christ is in you and you're in Him. So I think that'd be be- better way to say it. Um, I do see a lot of anxiety around this question: Am I saved? Am I not saved? Mm. And so. Um, I would say once you've been born again and you know that you have because you're you know you've been forgiven and you know yeah. Christ, people don't question bound and free. Those people are don't two question different if they've been born again. <laughs> right. They only question if they've lost their salvation. If you've been born again, you know. And you know, I I'm gonna go on a limb here and say I think that there's a real enemy that likes to lie to us. Uh-huh. And so this question could be perpetuated by a very dark darkness mm-hmm. in saying like, are you really saved? Yeah, like accuser. that sounds like the accuser, yeah. right? It, it isn't something. So I don't know. want to encourage you yeah. that if you made that decision, continue to pursue Jesus, despite the the mistakes and the wrong things you've done, Jesus still forgives you. Yeah. Keep following him. Uh, the Bible says, if you seek him, you will find him, yes. seek him, Yes. find him. And, and, and uh, that's the point of communion. That's the point of mm. the of of the Lord's table. You know, when we when we eat the bread and we drink the grape juice, you know, or yeah. the wine, that's you coming back to the remembrance that, oh yeah, I have <laughs> been forgiven. He did this for me. Yeah. Jesus brings you back to that table over and over again. Why? Because we continue to sin. Right. And so he wants us to keep coming back to listen. I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress, but God's not giving up on me. Why don't you talk a little bit just because I know there's an array of people watching. We throw out a word like communion and kind of expect everyone to know what that is. Could you do a quick, or I can. Yeah, go for it. Um, Communion is one of the only things that uh, Jesus asked us to do. Ritualistic. Ritualistic wise. wise, I don't like using that word, but a practice I'll call it that um, he wanted us to, uh, to do and ask us to do that. Um, in the Bible. And so it is a uh, remembering with bread and wine in the Bible. He had the the last supper with his yeah. disciples. It was the night before he died. And he said, my body's going to be broken. My blood's going to be spilled out for you. This is the new covenant. Yeah. Do this. Remember me with these elements. Yeah. 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 And, and remember what I've done for you. And so it's something that um, we traditionally do in church a lot, yeah. but like you can do that at home in your kitchen with yeah. your family. Like uh, there's no uh, prerequisite. Well, there's no. You can no- do it after you get in a big fight with your wife and you just need to reset <laughs> and be like, listen, let's come to the Lord's table. It's a good idea. And let's just remember <laughs> that we're both broken. 
And we're both, you know, yeah. and if it wasn't for God being broken for, for us, if it wasn't for him that's good. being spilled open for us, you know, we yeah. wouldn't, you know. So, so that's, that's what communion is. It has different names and different traditions. Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, communion. But there's not um, a lot of, but, there's only really two kind of practices like yeah. that. Um, the other one's water baptism, which mm -hmm. is super rad because that's like symbolic as well. It's like your announcement that you're following Jesus. It represents you going into the water one way and like going into a watery grave and dying and mm -hmm. then coming out new, like it's the identification with his death, burial and resurrection, which is super rad. Um, that, and then eating, you communion. know, in the, in the communion, those are those two things. Why, why are those important? Because he wants us to come back to that place over yeah, and over so again good. in our heart, you know? And so I would say, if you're worried about losing your salvation, you know, pray this prayer and move forward. You'd pray this prayer. You would say, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe that you are fully God. And that when you came to this earth, you lived a life for me, uh, perfect and sinless, because I couldn't do that for myself. I've been making mistakes and sinning my whole life. Recognizing that I need to be forgiven and, and, and recognizing that you're a just God, you know, and, 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 and justice needs to be served. You, you died on the cross willingly for me, and I receive that gift of your life in exchange for my life. So if you're willing, God, to give me your life for my sinful, you know, life, I will take it. And I promise to follow you the rest of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Please give me the Holy Spirit to overcome all these struggles in my life um, and, and, and help me live a life that honors you. And basically that's, that's, that's that posture and that place in your heart where you're recognizing that, Jesus had to die so you could live and your yeah. old life is gone and your new life is here. And I could give you a million scriptures about how you're a new creation. I love Titus three, five that says that when we're born again, we are regenerated, you know, like we're regenerated. I love that idea. So you can't be ungenerated. You can't mm. be unborn. You can't lose your salvation. Where did I put my salvation? Where did I put my salvation? Did I leave it over there? Where was that thing? No, you can't. It's, you are a new creation. You can't go back. And so, uh, yeah, ask for, like Maria said, you know, uh, sometimes the enemy would love to accuse you because yeah. of your behavior, but you're not saved because of what you do. You're saved because of what was done for you. You're saved because of what Jesus has done for you, not for what you've done for Jesus. So, Also, I mean, that was a great bow end on that. However, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to skip over. And, and you, you, you said it without um, putting it in bold. Uh, repentance. Yeah is a really important part of salvation. Yeah. I think the church um, at large has not done the best job when we give that invitation for Christ. Yeah. Well, because think about it for so long, the, the, everybody heard like, you're a sinner. Right. You, got, you know what I mean? And so repentance was like so high, you know, so emphasized sure. that it was like, you know, you got the, you know. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, when you hear the word repent, like yeah. you almost think of the people that are on the corner with the signs and right, 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 the right, right. turn or burn, you know, thing. But repentance is really the catalyst that makes salvation yes. possible. 100%. And so, so many times it's like, hey, if you want to follow Jesus, raise your hand. Yeah. Um, which is it in part, but actually turning Right. From the things that you have always turned towards and, yeah. and and making that 180 yeah. towards Christ yeah. is the catalyst that says, okay, like I am a sinner in need of a savior. I repent. Um, so that's why we call Jesus Lord and Savior. Yeah. Because a lot of times we want him to be Savior. 
who doesn't want a savior? <laughs> right. But we don't want him to be Lord. <laughs> yeah. We want to be saved from our sins, but we don't want him to be in charge of our life. Mm. And so if Jesus is Lord and Savior, it means I have repented yeah. and I've been forgiven and I am now following him instead of following myself. Yeah. Uh, he is God. I am no longer God to myself. He, I am, I am subject to his Lordship in my life. Good. And as a result, I am forgiven of all the things yeah. that... Sorry, just wanted to. No, I'm glad you added that. I must not have. That. I must not have. No, no, you that did. But I, I just think um, there, there's a, and not in your life, just in the church at large, we kind of just don't emphasize that most important part. I'm glad you added that. That's good. All right, what's the next question? <laughs> what's your opinion on homeschooling? Oh man, I'm grateful for homeschooling. Homeschooling. I was homeschooled for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I have been removed from a number of educational <laughs> institutions uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, homeschool was my only option a couple times. Yeah. And so I'm grateful. Who would ask this question? Um, maybe someone who's debating whether they should homeschool their children. Yeah. What would be the top three reasons someone would want to homeschool their kid? Um, off the top of my head, I would say, uh, right now curriculum, like you just don't, aren't on board with, uh, what your kid's being taught at school. And does so, feel like there's quite an agenda. Yep. Lately the there, there might system. feel that you may be feeling that. So number one is that, Okay. uh, number two, maybe your kid just isn't doing well in school. Uh, they're having a hard time. Maybe they're artistic and sitting at a desk for seven hours a day is just really hard for them. They're creative. They're not like you know, me that likes rules and sitting. And you like can sit at a desk structure. all day. You love sitting at a desk. I've, I can sit at a desk all day. I can't even day. sit through I church. I love sitting at a desk, I actually. Can't even the office, like, environment. No. All me. No. Give me a computer no. and a desk no. and let me decorate my office, and no. I'm I'm excited. No. Dude, yes. uh, I can't even sit through church, man. That's like, true. If you were preaching, like, you would get up. No way. Yeah. <laughs> your, da your, dad's, uh, your dad's the same way. My dad is yeah. totally the He's same He's also way. a pastor, yep. and we both can't sit. Someone's like, yeah, how come your church is so short? I'm like, because I... Wanted a church that I would want to go to. Sorry. <laughs> An hour is plenty of church, dude. Yep. It's plenty. Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of singing, 30 minutes of talking. 45 minutes is really enough for me. I'm going to be honest with you. 45 is enough. Yep. So uh, <laughs> don't discount. Don't God can do in 45 minutes yep. to So hour. those are my top two reasons I think someone would maybe write this question. How about you? Yeah. Uh, another one might be special needs. Yeah. And the environment is not conducive to their learning style. Correct. Not just their, not just their, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I don't need to get into my story, but yeah, I was homeschooled for a couple of years, few years. And then I was uh, asked not to come back to school in high school. And then I had to spend a year doing some home study <laughs> as well. Uh, so I'm grateful that there's an option for that. I would guess though, the first one that you said, that maybe it, there's a public school curriculum and you know i ha talk to parents a lot who don't agree with what is being taught to their kids yeah and they feel like they they're you know want more control over what's going in their kids brains mm -hmm. now as a parent i understand that yeah because it's my responsibility to teach my kids what to believe, mm -hmm. and then as they get older, they can choose. Now, I don't believe this whole nonsense of, I'm just going to show my kids all the different religions, and I'm going to show my kids all the different things to believe, and I'm going to let them believe whatever they choose to that they feel is the right path. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that garbage at all. <laughs> I am more of the, I'm going to brainwash my kids. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take their brain, and I'm going to wash it. I'm going to brainwash it. <laughs> 
because I want them to know the truth. I am grateful enough to know the truth. I know I have made mistakes. I've done things that have hurt myself. I've done things that have hurt others. So while my kids are impressionable and in their formidable years, yeah. I am gonna, I'm going to teach them the truth. When they get older and they don't live in my house, then they can make those decisions mm -hmm. for what they want. But until then... They are going to church every week with me. Yes. They are learning who God is, and they're learning the truth. I think, though, I mean. Why are you looking at me well, right now? Well, it's funny. You're, you're looking at me like I'm some sort of dictator. It, well, you're saying it that way a little bit. <laughs> uh, and I think it's important for anyone that's watching. I mean, you were raised in a Christian home, as was I. And I so think. So grateful. So grateful. I think both of us, like our parents brought us up that way. We went to church. Yeah. That wasn't optional. But saying that I loved going to church. You enjoyed going to church. Yeah. Like this wasn't something that was like this dictator, you know, my kids love church. Our they kids beg us to go like, to church. Our son, so we have three services on Sundays, and we're, you know, I'm there at 6 a.m. Justice is preaching three services. It's a long day. We have youth group at night uh, back at the church. Honestly, I don't want to drive back. Like, I don't. But my kid's like, Mom, please, please, please let me go to youth group. And I was like, okay, my kid wants dude, my to go kids to are church. always like, Dad, will you will pray for up. me? Will you pray for me before I go to bed? And I'm so like, dude, you're 12. Pray for yourself, okay? <laughs> pray for your brother, too, while you're at it, all right? You know how to pray. So it sounds like, <laughs> you know, you're brainwashing your kids. You're guiding your kids. 100%. And, I'm training uh, my kids. And, you're tra my and we're kids training the them and preparing them. And it's they're not resisting it. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not saying that there won't be moments, you know, that they might not. Um, but, yeah, it, it isn't something. Okay, but that, let's like, say Logan's 15 years old and he doesn't want to go to church. Mm -hmm. That's what our family is going to do if yeah, he lives this, in my house. This home yes. honors God. We have four services we a weekend. That. They only go have to go to one. Yeah, so. it's not their job. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> anyways, that to say, uh, what's your opinion about homeschooling? Oh, is homeschooling. That, uh, the, I think the first question, uh, for, uh, a, lot of pe a lot of people want control over what their kids are learning, and mm -hmm. they feel them being in the public school system, there's, there's an indoctrination that's happening right. in the school system, and they don't, they don't appreciate that, want that. They want to protect their kids. And I think that that is the right posture to have in the sense that it is our responsibility for, for, for the the primary influence to be passed down yeah. from the parents. Also, as they get older, you have to figure out how to let them to make those, let them begin to choose for themselves uh, as they're older. And that is based on their maturity and based on how right. the Holy Spirit's leading you as a, you know, cause you're, cause, cause, cause John 17, Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them that he's going to ascend and he's done. And they're like, we want to come with you. And he's like, no, just like the father sent me into the world. I'm sending you into the world. Mm -hmm. I'm sending you into the world like lambs among wolves. It's going to be hard. Yeah. You're not even of this world at this point because you're born again, but you're going to be in this world because yeah. this world needs you. So I got to raise my kids to be world changers history makers, you know, influencers with God's love. And that's the point. I want the, I want their life to make a dent in the world. I want their life to make a difference in people's lives, loving God and loving others. You live your life like that, that's going to make the world a better place. I feel a responsibility to teach them that. And so what is your opinion on homeschooling? I'm grateful for homeschooling um, because I needed to be homeschooled. Yeah. It was my only option. Um, if my kids needed to be homeschooled, I wouldn't hesitate to that. You would I, homeschool them. What? You would homeschool. Yeah, them. I would homeschool You'd them stay for home sure. And teach you? Um, at the same. 
Real talk, guys. Real talk. Hey. With Justice and Maria. Go hey, ahead. We're a team, okay? We're a team. <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry. I take out the trash. Well, actually, no, my no, son that's does that. Logan. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep going. I'm no, sorry. No, you go. You jump in. Jump in. I will jump in. Jump in. What's your plan um, on homeschooling? Would you homeschool your kids? If a bunch of if a bunch of dudes were after my daughter, I'd homeschool her in a second. I'd uh, be like, You're staying home. You're home now. You're staying home. You know, home. here's the question that I would propose to whoever's asking this question or might be googling or you you know googling this question. YouTube comes up. Um, is are you making a decision out of fear or out of faith? Great. Um, because personally, uh, I think there's so many benefits of a kid being outside the home with different authorities, going through those playground arguments, the development that happens with uh, multiple authorities over them, different personalities, working out hard things. Like I could go on and on about the benefits of a school and a kid being in another environment. Um, do not want to diminish if my kid needed special attention or it wasn't working. Would I do it? Yes. Would I enjoy it? Absolutely not as a mom. Like I, you know, have raised kids and I've had them home for 10 years. And one of my greatest joys is sending them off to school, knowing that other people are pouring into them and it's not 24 hours a day for me. Like I, I don't think I'd be as good of a mom as I am if I had to homeschool my children. Shout out to all the homeschool moms that do it. You guys are incredible. I could not. Um, so, but every situation's different. And getting back to that question, am I scared that the world is going to taint my kid? And so I'm keeping them home in fear that, um, you know, this, the, I just don't want them to be touched by it. They will be eventually. And sometimes school is a way that in little increments, yeah. they get a taste of the world that we live in. They come home though. So yeah. you get to have those conversations. You get to shape them. You get to help them work through, uh, those play yard, uh, conflicts, uh, at home. Um, if something's unhealthy for your kid, dude, you're in charge of your kid. You're responsible for him. Pull him. You know what I mean? But pray and ask the Lord, like, am I making this decision out of fear or in faith? Mm. Um, because I think there's no right answer for every person on this world. Some kids will thrive at homeschool. I mean, your sister did the coolest thing. She homeschooled her kids forever from like mm -hmm. all, forever for their entire uh, education. And they did things like, packed up for a year and went in an RV and went and drove to all the places in U.S. history that they were learning about. Like, what an amazing... And then they all went to four-year universities. And they did, yeah. you know? And After so that. there's stigmas yeah. and there's generalizations like, oh, homeschool kids don't, you know, I can't yeah. be social. Do what you need to do for your kids so cool and pray about options. it. Yeah. Yes, but options. Your summary, making decisions out of fear or out of faith is really the best way. To, start. to figure out great what's summary. great for you. All right, yeah. next question. Okay. My nine-year-old hears a lot of inappropriate things about sex in school. How do I deal with this? Um, I'm just so glad that you want to deal with it. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of families that, um, a lot of dads that kind of like, go talk to your mother about this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my nine-year-old- I know some moms that are like, go talk to your father about this I, too. I, I would say nine years old. Okay, let's think about that for a second. Yeah. They're hearing, uh, when I was nine years old, I was uh, a pervert. You know what I mean? Like I was, <laughs> I was for sure like a pervert at nine already, you know? Like, 
Every boy's already. I think a nine. The, the average ex, the exposure to pornography, I believe, in our nation is about nine years old right about now. Nine years old. So you know, you're 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 already just a why. You're just our as a as a little nine year old boys. Come on, I wanted to jump. I I pretty jumped the gun and gave Logan the birds and the bees talk pretty early. Yeah. Because I was the kid who the next door neighbor came over and told me way early. And then I went to school and told all the other kids. Yeah. And so I was like, I really, I really wanted Logan to know ahead of time. And, um, so I would say at nine years old, your child hears a lot of inappropriate things about sex in school. How do I deal with this? I would say, don't just deal with it once content, keep the conversation open. Yeah. I'm grateful that my dad would put me to bed at night, read the Bible to me and have long conversations with the, my, my, my parents found some magazines underneath my bed and, uh, that launched the conversation mm-hmm. and my dad would just keep talking to me about it every yeah. single night. And that was so foundational to my relationship with my dad. There was no shame. There was no what's wrong with you. There was no you're gross. It was, hey, you're nine years old. This is how you're thinking. This is how all boys think. Here's what the, you know, what the word of God says. Here's how God has designed sex. You know, and and at nine, you're having a hard time understanding sex. You need multiple conversations. Yeah. Like I remember my second born son, he didn't, you know, that was kind of, it someone was, at school told him yeah. about it and he came home and asked his older brother. Yeah. Uh, our, his older brother was like, dad, 911. <laughs> talk oh, to him. Yeah. 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 He texts me. I, you know, it's too personal. It's I don't want to get into anyway, it. Anyway, yeah. um, you had a conversation, but, uh, just to kind of reaffirm what you were saying, it, he felt it was okay. And I love this because I didn't have the, con- you had the conversation with him to ask questions yeah. about it. He came back and said, Hey mom, like when did you learn about the birds and the bees? And it was so, yeah. uh, just open. I was just yeah. like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of months later, he like didn't fully understand how yeah. it all works. And he came yeah. back and he's like, well, that can't happen. And I was like, well, actually it can. He's like, Oh, okay. You know, like you can just see him gaining. You know what I've been wondering? Understanding about like how, what it is God's design for it. And if you can have conversations, this isn't even just about sex, but about emotions and feelings and relationships. And that be something that isn't taboo in your house or that you just, you know, like you, that's not allowed. Don't do that. That's bad. Like you are not helping them process and develop things that they're going to need in their like life's tool belt to I just for, want for my kids to want to talk to me about it yeah I really want my kids to want to talk to me about mm-hmm. it because why wouldn't they shame right so I really don't want my kids to feel shame around sex and that talk I want them to be excited about sex when they marry the person God yeah you, that they've chosen to pledge their life to, you yeah. know, I, I, I really want them to look forward to it and mm-hmm. it to be beautiful. And I don't want it to, I don't want them to see it the perverted way the, that the world has taken. And you it, have you that know? opportunity. If yeah. you know that they are receiving something else, you've got the, the and opportunity I, and responsibility to, to, to shape that with them. Hey, this isn't, you know, that is the world's way of doing things, but here's God's way and here's God's intention yeah. and all of that. So, and so that's why when mom and dad's doors locked, stop knocking. <laughs> okay. That's, that's also what I want them to know. Hey, there's something sacred going on in here. Okay. Next question. What does the Bible <laughs> say about health and fitness and obesity? What a great question. Great question. What does the Bible say about health and fitness and obesity? What a great question. 
What do you think? What comes to mind right what away? Who would write this? Who would ask this question? Somebody who is possibly struggling. Yes. With eating. Yep. And they feel bad about themselves, possibly. Possibly. And they're wondering if. Okay, so we live in a world where the conversation right now is about beauty, right? Like you notice that when you go into Target, for examples, uh, for examples, <laughs> when you go <laughs> into Target, examples. you see <laughs> the, you know, mannequins have changed. They're not super skinny mannequins anymore. Yes, they have stretch marks now on yeah. models and they show cellulite and it's not all about air, air yeah it's perfection. realistic you know mm-hmm. and i think it i think uh, for having a daughter that's awesome mm-hmm. you know and then there's also a conversation which is when somebody is actually obese which is where somebody is unhealthy mm-hmm. and uh they're in risk of a heart attack and right. many many diseases uh and, and susceptible to death with co- like covid and stuff like that right so um then they go, oh, well, you're beautiful just the way you are, right? So right. the conversation has become about beauty and not about health. Yeah. And um, the the scriptures don't th- talk about stewardship. Like they you, don't, ha- you said they don't talk about stewardship. Well, the scriptures talk about all of it. Right. Talk about gluttony, talk mm-hmm. about obesity, talk about um, um, uh, beauty, talk talk all that stuff mm-hmm. scriptures scriptures talk about the story of every what men what men and women go through right but the the kind of bringing it back to what does it say about fitness and obesity i would say it this way your body and your spirit you are mm-hmm. at least two parts right yeah. your body and your spirit when your body doesn't feel good you feel it in your spirit don't you right right like if you are overweight you're not eating well you uh you feel it You know, in your spirit, you feel bad, like you feel. And so I think a lot of times the mistake is the spirit is the holy part and the body is the carnal part Mm. and the body doesn't matter because it's temporary and it's just some sort of shell that we live in. And when we die, we never see it again. When the truth is is that God's given you a body just as much as given you a spirit and this, there's a connection between this here. And so, you know, eating well, taking good care of your body, um, you know, uh, stewarding what God's given you on every level of your life impacts you spiritually. Right. Uh, the, when you asked me what the first thing that came to my mind was that your, your body is a temple, right? Mm-hmm. God's given you a body. So like you said, it's stewardship. And, um, I'm actually currently on this 21 day, uh, reset, which is more about systems. It, it is about food and exercise and all of that as well. And it's really intense. It's intermittent fasting. It's a gallon of water. It's all this stuff. But in the last, uh, it's been less than three weeks. I have seen just, I feel like a different person. I, you know, previously love junk food, love fast food, um, you know, and I have not been eating that and been eating clean and my energy level, my everything is just, I'm sleeping better. I wake up rested. I wake up fresh. I'm not foggy. Like all of these things are happening, um, as a result of just taking better care of myself. And, uh, I'm learning cause I'm in this whole, like once class, the whole bit, um, that your gut health actually affects your brain health. Yeah. And so it's just all connected. We are body and spirit and what we do, what we put in our body affects yeah. 
all of it. And you tell me you don't want to hit your snooze alarm anymore. I, I have not hit a snooze alarm since I started this thing. And I every day would wake up like I'm so tired. What I does the Bible say about health and fitness and obesity? Well, and the you know, you look at books like Romans and Corinthians and there's a lot about the body over and over and over again. Cause this is written during the time of like the Olympics starting. And this is, this is when everybody was worshiping the body and you see statues of, you know, carved out of people's perfect bodies back then. And bodies have always been worshiped. Mm-hmm. We, we, we make the body an unspiritual thing to our demise. Right. People go, sex is just a body thing. It is not. It says in Corinthians that your body is a temple, and when you have sex, you are actually doing something spiritual. So yeah. it, that's why it says when you're, you know, sexual morality is the only sin that affects the inside of you yep. because those of us that experience shame understand how that feels inside. Yeah. And sexual shame uh, especially being a victim of somebody else, that is some serious stuff. And it was just done to your body. But no, your body is not, it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So what does it say about health and fitness? I would say stewardship is the goal. Yep. Don't let the trap of the conversation of the world about who's pretty and beautiful and all that. This is not a beauty conversation. Right. It's a, it's a stewardship conversation. Mm-hmm. Jesus is right now, yeah. he is right now in a glorified body. He rose from the dead and he's in a glorified body. You will be in a glorified body, meaning that like you have a body. It's a gift from God. Take care of it, your body and spirit. You will find that the practical affects the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Just like when your office is well organized, you can get your homework done better. Just like when your car is cleaned out, you feel, you know what I mean? Just like when your house, when your body is clean and you're eating clean. Not going to prescribe anything. I've right. been on a million different. Tri- I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. I'm really <laughs> I'm obsessed with health and fitness and diet to like a crazy. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say this: that that if you t- if if you treat both body and spirit like you are stewarding gifts, like this is this is who, yes, what's God. You're taking you, care you, of what God's given you. Yes, you will. You, you will. You will find that 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 affects uh, everything. It'll it affects your soul. Yes. So. I think that's... That's good. That's good. I wanted to get through more questions, but I really liked the questions. They were good. Great Different, ones. good. Hopefully they helped. Uh, what was the first one? First one was about... Losing your salvation. Losing salvation. What was the second one? Homeschooling. Uh-huh. And the third one was fitness? Fitness and health. Let me pray for you guys who... Yes, do who, that. Who, who asked. Actually, you, you pray for the people that... No, you, you do You're it. better at no, it. You're no, no, at no, no, no. I always do it. Well, I pray for the person who's... <laughs> Wondering if they could lose their salvation. I pray that they would find a security in knowing you. They would enjoy it. I pray that if they're struggling with sin, that they would, you know, like all of us, they would deal with shame and in an unhealthy way, but they'd be reminded that their identity is they're in you and you're in them, you know, and, and we all struggle, but we come back to the cross. We come back to you and we are so grateful. Um, Lord, we pray for the person who is considering homeschooling their kids. I pray that they make that decision like Maria said, out of faith, not out of fear, and you'd guide them. And then I pray for the person who's trying to get their health lined up, that they wouldn't give up. They might be asking themselves, what's the point? Does the Bible even say anything about this? And I pray that you would, uh, something in them of your, your, you know, your spirit would be like, hey, I've designed you for a purpose. I want you to live a long time. I've got great things ahead for you. Um, and that they would sense that encouragement from you, that you're going to help them overcome. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.